This episode is sponsored by Bigger City. Thank you so much for supporting us and helping our show to grow. Welcome back to the Big Fat Gay Podcast, where we like to talk about the things that are weighing on our minds. My name's Don. I'm a big chubby guy living here in sunny Hollywood. And today I am so happy to be here. I'm so excited to see all of you that I could absolutely absquatulate right now. Oh, dear. Oh, geez. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. (laughs) 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 So sorry. Thank you for playing (laughs) our vocabulary. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, so Dan, can you use this word without spoiling it for Trevor and I so that for Trevor and me so we can... You mean use it incorrectly? Yes, <laughs> exactly. I think Don did a really good job. Don't of that. give it away. Oh, <laughs> uh, hi. My name is Dan Oliverio, author, public speaker, and chubby chaser. And um, I, I don't know what to do because I know the word. So, what do you want me to do with the word? Just pass it on to Trevor. Okay. You are replete with absquatulation. No, oh. no, 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 no. <laughs> All we, right, will, Trevor. we will leave looking the word up as an exercise for the listener. No, I need to know. Trevor. <laughs> I'm Trevor Kizan. I'm a super chub. And I don't know, I'm here in West Hollywood and I don't plan to absquatulate <laughs> anytime soon. I'm very proud of you for getting that, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you do know. <laughs> No. <laughs> no, I meant the pronunciation <laughs> of the word. <laughs> oh, now comes the real test, Michael. Hi, my name is Michael Willer. I am a chubby chaser and... Um, much like Trevor, I also don't plan to absquatulate. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> you give it away, Dan. Uh, dare to absquatulate. Uh, it is an odd portmanteau sort of blending from the uh, late 19th century, meaning to leave suddenly. Oh. So both you and Trevor used it correctly. <laughs> I'm and, gone. And he, there he goes. He's absquatulating. <laughs> I'm back again. Well, welcome back. Uh, we've got a big old show packed for you with lots of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, why don't we just move straight on into the news? Uh, no, no, no. no. no, no, no. <laughs> but first. <laughs> Sorry, I don't have my schedule up. But first, uh, there's more. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. Thank you as always to our patrons and just, I don't know, non-patrons, listeners, everyone. Um, we have... You know, as always, our cutting room floor, exciting mm-hmm, mm-hmm. behind the scenes videos that we just recorded. A we very just funny got a story. And later today, I'm very excited. Yes. I think we can tease. Trevor's going to do a Moo Moo fashion show. Yes. Behind the scenes, exclusive on Patreon only. If you want to see that, well, you got to pay us money. He, I, when, <laughs> when we were at Club Chub, he picked himself up three, not two, not one, but three <laughs> Moo Moo's. Moo Moo's, caftans, mm-hmm. um, executive dashikis. Yeah, drapey things. <laughs> all the fashion you can handle in your life, people. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then Don and I are going to be doing the next mini. So, did we settle on a topic? No, it's a topic TBD. Okay, all right. Uh, we'll, we'll figure it if out. You want to, if you want to suggest a topic for the two of us, oh, yeah. I suppose we could take suggestions. That would be kind of fun. Maybe we should put a poll on Patreon. Anyway, so it's going to be me and Don doing the next mini-sode. That'll go up on Patreon within the next month. Um, I suppose July. We could just say July. Yeah, well, this is... This is coming out in July. This is coming out in July. Oh, my God. Happy July. It's so far ahead. (laughs) (laughs) This has got to stop, John. Got to stop. (laughs) So far behind. Can we tease this, that we will have a more normal release? Yeah, I think so. I feel Um, confident. Yeah. um, our schedule is going to resume to four episodes a month starting in August. So yeah. g- catch up, yep. people. I know there's some of you who are always like, oh, I'm, I'm behind. You got to catch up. You got to <laughs> It's <laughs> happening. Organize. And by the way, four a month is one a week for the math impaired. Yes. Yeah. 
Except for the one random month that has five Wednesdays. Somehow. Yeah. Um, okay, so that's all of that stuff. Thank you very much. Hit that beautiful button, Michael. Let's do it. La, 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 la. I've got my little piano. <laughs> and I'm hitting each key with my index finger. <laughs> I would have contributed more, but I was on trumpet. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Which means without the drum, it just sounds like... <laughs> <laughs> All right. We have a very fun one to start the day off. Yes. We got some multimedia to play around with. Ooh. Yes. There's a movie uh, for which there is a trailer out right now called... Uh, the movie called Your Fat Friend, a film yes. by Jeannie Finlay, starring... The original fat friend Aubrey Gordon. That is to say uh, Aubrey Gordon had a column, am I right? Yes, a- which we fe- uh, featured regularly and then <laughs> yeah. Aubrey um unmasked herself as your fat friend. Um you you if you don't remember our features on your fat friend, Aubrey Gordon also has two wonderful books. She's the host of Maintenance Phase with Michael Hobbs, which is a podcast. Um, yes, and now the star of a documentary which um, we've all seen the trailer, but we're going to watch it again right now. going to live react. Yes. I mean, I don't think we're going <laughs> to, we're not, we're not going to make you sit through the whole two minutes <laughs> of us watching, but let's, uh, let's check it out. Just say fat, not curvy or chubby or chunky or fluffy or more to love or big guy or husky or obese or overweight. Just say fat. The very first piece was called a request from your fat friend. And like 30,000 people read it in a week. And I was like, whoa, okay. My aim is to provoke people to question ideas that we've held on to for so long. The strongest bonding amongst women happens when people are talking about how much they hate their bodies. Oh, God. I had a woman take a melon out of my cart, and she went, it's got too much sugar for you. It's a... The wellness industry is worth $4.5 trillion. This is like big tobacco levels of just lying to people. It's like they're trying to pull some Jedi mind trick. It's not a diet. (laughs) So the next video on on YouTube is the Lord of the Rings expert answering questions. (laughs) Um... I'm so excited about this movie. Yeah, it looks um, great. There was already a, a screening um, that uh, was co-hosted. It was Aubrey Gordon and Tigris Osborne of NAFA last oh, month. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. There in case it wasn't clear, by the way, this is a documentary. Yes. I don't think we've mm-hmm. said that. Um, it is a documentary about Aubrey Gordon um, and kind of looking at um, her... I, I think it's when she was releasing the book and kind of starting the podcast and... Um, I don't know if it also includes when she unmasked herself as your fat friend. Um, it is very much about Aubrey, and I think what is um, what I've heard about it and what it, I get from the trailer is it is in the way that I, we always have kind of suggested um, her writing as something you can send to your friends and family. I think this mm-hmm. documentary is going to fill the same gap. Um, mm-hmm. And actually, Aubrey shared on Instagram kind of like that so many people who've seen it so far have had conversations with their friends and family that they felt like they couldn't have before watching the documentary and seeing the process Aubrey goes through in the documentary. I I think that's a really good recommendation because so often if you send someone something to read, 
I mean, I'm partially dyslexic. There's, I mean, for me to read something is a lot of effort, but you know, if you show me a trailer, if you show me a movie Mm -hmm. and like, Hey, let's go watch this movie. And then of course you talk about it afterwards. That is a great way to open a conversation. If you're trying to open a conversation yeah, or don't know how to start a conversation. Yeah. And I think it forces people, you know, because it has visuals associated with talking Mm -hmm. about fat people, it forces someone who may think that they they're, they're woke and they've got it all figured Mm -hmm. out and they're an ally it may force them to confront some biases that they don't realize they have. Yeah, because so often you see like, oh, I'm fine with fat people. Oh, but that's gross. That's too yeah. fat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, just to underscore what everyone said, uh, Aubrey Gordon is probably one of the first writers whose material I read about mm-hmm. fatness and mm-hmm. existing as fat. It was the first time I was exposed to someone else uh, writing down my thoughts yeah. and yeah. my experiences for me. Um, and... The charm that she has is that she delivers the material in a way that it 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 never hit my barriers or guards that said this is something happening to someone else, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so it came into me, it came into my story very easily. So I, I can't recommend it enough for people who are maybe not used to thinking about this mm-hmm. or um, try and hold it off at arm's length because I don't. It doesn't feel. Uh, condemning or hurtful in a way that when you let it in, it hurts. There's, mm-hmm. there's some writing out there that it will hurt you when you let it in. Um, it, it may be in a good way that will still help you grow. This is not one of those. This, yeah, it's very empowering. Yeah. And I think it's mm-hmm. also like, I mean, we've said this before, but it is very good kind of entry level material yeah. because I think, you know, there is, there's a lot of great, um, Fet liberation academia like writing out there, but like I can't, you, I can't send that to my mom. Really, that's too yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, too, <laughs> it's yeah. too it's too high level. But um, so part of this conversation was uh, my mom then talking about talking to my aunt, and one of my cousin's daughters, I guess, has gained a lot of weight, and she's like, you know, she just doesn't look like how a fourteen year old girl should look, and my mom was like what is a 14-year-old girl supposed to look like? <laughs> and she, my aunt was just like, oh. Uh, 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 yeah. Oh. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Mm. That's, a, that's a long, look, I remember before Dan's book came out mm. and you were worried about whether or not to suggest that she read it or yeah. avoid it and how to broach the subject and then she did read it, yeah. right? And then we're unsure how much she read because she did bring it uh, for Dan to sign, and she was in the process of reading it, and I don't know if she. I think I think we can safely assume she got halfway, at least halfway. I mean, the she had her bookmark in there, and it was yeah. And, fun. and granted, you know, it's 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 longish for you know for a self help book. It's it's mm. much too long for that. Uh, but I figured I would only get one bite at the apple, so I just crammed everything <laughs> I could in there. Well, <laughs> go Trevor's mom. Yeah, yeah. I, it's still unclear um, what the release is going to be like for this in terms of theaters and streaming. Um, but keep your eyes peeled. I think once there is a, a release date for either theatrical release mm-hmm. or streaming, we'll let you know. Yeah. Um, and if I may, the, if I want to leave you with one party thing about Aubrey Gordon, her work is perfect for helping people for addressing that awful thing that comes up with like, I don't have a problem with you because you're fat. I just want you to be healthy. Mm-hmm. She is the, she's like she has like literally a book on just that yeah yeah (laughs) so that she is the go-to person for that and answering that you know there's also uh in the pipeline big boys which is kind of a a gay fat coming of age story by Mm -hmm. uh Corey sherman 
coming up, but it's still in very much in the um it's like, like the festival run right yeah. now. Um, so um, but we really want to watch it. We just we don't have access to it yet. But yeah. when that comes out either to streaming or locally, um, we're definitely gonna check that out and hopefully get to talk about it too. Yeah. Okay. Next up. What's up? We got yeah, a little bit of a downer. Slightly less cheery uh, story. Yeah. <laughs> Very much in that uh, calm moment in the movie where someone's driving and then like T-bone <laughs> <laughs> jump scare. Uh, AI. Yeah. Oh, AI. Can you imagine? A- we're we're back on AI with uh, the Washington Post, an article by Francis Vinal um, about um, how an AI chatbot for an eating disorder group the started National get, Eating Disorders yes. Association. Um, started giving weight loss tips to people with eating disorders. Yeah. Yes. So this is a self-help, like you're, you're meant to call in and you can Jesus. talk to somebody through your eating orders. It's, I, I think similar in terms of the way that it helps people to a suicide hotline. Like right. you need help from somebody, you can call them anytime. And, and they have an AI chat bot. Well, but if I may, a little back, yeah. back on that. So they had actual people answering the phones. Right. Mm-hmm. And they decided like, we can't possibly afford this. So they, Went over to I, I think it's also AI. worth pointing out that around the time they made this decision, the the workers were also trying to unionize. Yeah. Uh, that they say it's, oh, this is unrelated. It was just a... Yeah, it's just a coincidence. Yeah. Yeah, you see this more and more. So anyway, they replaced it with an AI chatbot. And they were phasing it, like as of this month, it was meant to have been completely phased in, uh-huh. replacing the the self uh, the people on, on phone calls. And instead they pulled the plug. And they pulled the plug because it was giving, uh, you know, some the, the, a person with an struggling with an eating disorder weight loss tips. Yeah, like specifically, for, oh, like how good for you that you're looking on starting a healthier lifestyle by losing weight. Yeah, things like that. And here's where you can find, you know, these weight loss products. And and oh, you should. Well, the first step you should do is weigh yourself once a week. Well, what's funny is that see what the chatbot is doing, and I think this this may be the only one good use. <laughs> for chat or for AI is that it is a beautiful simulacrum to see the prejudices mm-hmm. and downfall where we were failing people. Yeah, it's learning from somewhere. It's learning, yeah, because yeah, that's it's, it basically, and it has perfectly emulated diet culture. And I can say we predicted this yeah. right yeah. here on this show when we were talking about Dolly. Yeah, e. yeah. Uh-huh. Um, that's true. <laughs> yeah, we literally predicted that this, you know, whatever biases exist in the mainstream on the internet and fuck, let's just go out on a limb and say there are a lot of weird ass <laughs> biases against fat people on the internet. Mm-hmm. It's going to be incorporated into any AI that depends on the internet for its input. And, and see, that was the thing that's so insidious about it because the advice that the chatbot is giving seems perfectly normal and reasonable for a perfectly normal and reasonable person. Yeah. But if you're fat or face an eating disorder, it is terrible idea. It's like, it, it literally could be life-threatening. And if you're just a normal person, it's just, it's just bad advice. I mean, I would argue if you're a normal person, it is just what you're going to get if you just If you search. Googled it, yeah. And yeah. I think it's just insidious and disgusting to, you know, as a organization working with people who are in dire straits and just kind life of- Life-threatening situations. Life-threatening, yeah. just kind of at their most vulnerable and be like, you know, we don't really need people- I think AI <laughs> can handle it when it's like that. This is kind of like the stuff that it is being fed as prompts. You know, people's really just like it's the biggest blind spot of AI is like this. These really nuanced mm. issues and feelings yeah. that is what 
AI well, is lacking. And can we just talk about basic human empathy for a second? Like sometimes that's what you need on a call like this. Yeah, you're not calling the suicide prevention hotline to get information on suicide. Well, right. I, <laughs> I, I still feel like if you call a hotline, you're you're at the you're at the end of yeah. the That's road. my point. You're not yeah. calling yeah. for information. You're calling for a way out, for sympathy, for empathy, for a lot of other things. And, and I have to ask a question. We, you, we've, we've said that it was giving sort of reasonable advice. The, the example I read in there to me did not sound like reasonable advice. Well, what I'm saying is like, no. oh, no, no, like that your doctor would give you. And I, it would be I wrong. want to ask <laughs> is this a thing? It's suggested to somebody that they buy calipers to yeah. pinch their yeah. fat. Yeah. Is that a standard weight loss practice? What it is, it's a stand. Well, we're going to talk about that in a little while, <laughs> but it is another way to measure. Are you too fat? Let's look at whether you're too fat, which is the worst advice you can give to someone with an mm-hmm. eating disorder. I've never heard of that. <laughs> oh, that's so- well that, well, that's because you've spent so much time fighting BMI, which we'll get into. Yeah. I think yeah. also <laughs> that is a, I mean, for really, I think high level eating disorder, like, I think there are people with, you know, who are at that stage of eating disorder where they do have calipers to measure because it is, it, it is just such a visceral thing. And that is why this is so awful and insidious and disgusting. As an example, Don, I think probably any mid to high level gym in this country has skinfold calipers to give you a fitness evaluation. You are fucking me. Nope. And the ad- I'm sorry, sorry for my <laughs> colorful language, but that is fucked up. Yep. I mean, you're not going to find it at Planet Fitness because, you know, they'll give you pizza. <laughs> I mean, I bet. I think, I don't know. I, I'm glad. I know that there are other um, nonprofit um, helplines that are also trying to unionize. Hopefully they are successful and not replaced by AI because this is just an insight into how grim yeah. that is. And um, how, just how stupidly misinformed it is. And, and I can't imagine people. how I would feel if I called a helpline and got an AI. Yeah, or, you know, like, yeah. I expect a person. I expect and a what, human being. Well, and imagine that moment when you find out it's AI. Yeah. Because it could fool you for at least a good, I don't know, that 10 would, seconds, yeah. 10 minutes. I that don't think they're coming out and saying, like, this is a chat bot. Like, <laughs> no, this is like Karen or whoever, whatever mm-hmm. the name is. Hi, mm-hmm. my name is Karen. Yeah, like, mm-hmm. exactly. But Karen like, spelled <laughs> with like a K E R E N. Yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah. Uh, all right, we're doing it. We're going. Take us, take us home, Scooty. Fat Watch 2023. Yay! <laughs> I just I think of Soren every time. It's my little little chubby legs dangling. <laughs> we're gonna have to go groups. ride Soren in California at some point together. We're gonna yeah. have to try. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you can take up one of the gondolas yourself. <laughs> It'll be fine. It's fine. We'll, we'll make it work. Um, what do we got today in Fat Watch? I, yeah, I feel like I didn't... I, it, this is another kind of... It's like vaguely downer. Yeah. We got a mixed bag here. So I saw that... I, I shared this with everyone right when I saw the news that the, the AMA, the American Medical Association, had um, announced that basically like, oh, BMI is flawed. And actually it has a very problematic racist history that has been very harmful and I was very hopeful. You gotta get, that's major. The American Medical Association is not only saying that BMI is flawed, but that it's racist. Yeah. I mean, wow, that is a huge out-of-the-box stand for That's them. great, right? It's great, it's great, right? I have said this point blank to doctors coming at me with a BMI chart, mm-hmm. right? And they look at me like I'm a crazy conspiracy theorist. Exactly, like they're mm-hmm. this flat and BMI is wrong. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what happened, Trevor? So um, as, you know, uh, uh, Fetlib people in the medical field were, 
digging more into this, it's like, oh, actually, <laughs> everything is still terrible. Um, and I, I, th- I thought that might be the case. I mean, I did get really excited, and there was a lot of buzz kind of on, like, Twitter, like, oh, my God, this is, like, this is huge. This is exciting. And uh, Reagan Chastain, regular uh, Fetwatch feature, hero. has broken down the problem with this statement and how, actually, it's not better and in some ways it could actually be worse yeah that's what shocked me about it and it's not that they the problem isn't that they decried bmi it's what they put in its place well it's and and how they intend to use bmi being gone like if bmi is no longer the the measure after which point you can start prescribing weight loss medication Mm -hmm. if that's gone then what do you you use yeah then and is there any bottom floor? Do you prescribe that easier and more often? To so what they did was, okay, so you have to throw out BMI. But if you throw out BMI, how will you know when a person is fat? Right. And so- <laughs> because it is, uh, it, it is absolutely critical that you know if a person is fat because then, you know, because then you can know whether or not you can operate on them. You can know whether or not they, get, they, they deserve good health care. You have to know whether they're fat first, but you have to have an objective measure rather than just the schoolyard taunt that you know everybody else uses. <laughs> so what they came up with is, apropos of our previous conversation, Tom, they came up with skin folds. Oh, fuck. They came up with, gir- with uh, waist circumference. Basically, because one of the problems with BMI is that every professional bodybuilder in the world would be classified as obese. Mm-hmm. So how can we still blame fat, but take the bodybuilders out of this category because it yeah. ignores body composition and things like that. Ultimately, and that's all they're doing. That's and all they're doing. They're just having a more accurate reading of calling you fat. And 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 this is the problem that is always persistent, putting fat as cause for disease. Right. And my quick counter argument for that is if fat caused disease, then liposuction should be the cure, right? Yeah. yeah. Wasn't waist circumference in use before BMI really got popularized Absolutely. like 20 years ago or whatever. And then because like, oh, well, waist circumference is too inaccurate. But this, B- <laughs> this BMI, is a, you, BMI is a formula. Do you know? Well, here's, no, here's literally why. Waist circumference is one, is one measurement. BMI is two. Because it's, it's, it's weight and Whoa. height. It's weight and height as opposed to just girth. Yeah. It's, so it's two, it's two metrics rather than one. Therefore, it was, it was literally, that was the thinking. Literally, it is more accurate because it has more <laughs> dimensions in the uh, formula. <laughs> uh, it's, and uh, yeah, God. so it's like this, this news that seems like, oh, this could actually be really good. No, it's like, actually it's worse. And now uh, fat will be more pathologized. Well, and cause think about it. If you are, you remember like the old, I remember like, can you pinch more than an inch? That's the skin fold mm-hmm. caliber, right? Mm. So the, the thing that's so nuts about this is BMI was at least had the veil of scientificity, right? It was vaguely scientific, but if you're trying to get at somebody, let's say with an eating disorder, it's like, Oh, how much skin do you have there? Like it is so, it is so much more invasive to the psyche and mm-hmm. so much more in, in one's human's experience, which I'm sure they consider a plus. Like now anybody can tell if they're fat. <laughs> God. It's a nightmare. One of the things that she points out that Reagan points out in the article too, and, and, and this, this turns into like, you know, how much can you read into, you know, for instance, um, you know, who's donating yeah. their money yes. to the AMA, to the American Medical Association, Medical Association. So if you have, in, in this case, she references in the 2022 annual report that, um, is it Eli or Ellie Lilly? Eli, Eli Lilly. Eli Lilly. Eli Lilly, yeah. um, whose Wagovi competitor drug 
terzepatide. Sure. is expected to get FDA approval as a weight loss drug this year and has been forecasted by Wall Street analysts, analysts to be the most profitable drug of all time, gave donations between $500,000 and $999,999 uh, to the AMA along with other people. You know, it's like, at what point do you start connecting the dots a little bit? Um, I don't know. Yes. Yeah. Well, as, as Aubrey Gordon points out in even the trailer of her documentary, the fitness wellness industry is worth trillions yeah. of dollars. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They got a lot of stuff. They got a lot of stuff to say. Yeah. I think, um, in the same way that I would recommend, you know, uh, like the Aubrey Gordon documentary and like, you know, her writing to, you know, your mom or friend or whatever, this is for your like nightmare <laughs> coworker or like in-law who's like, well, actually let's talk about the science and be like, actually, Read this by Reagan Chastain. <laughs> yeah, Reagan Chastain is is just a hero of mine for doing the really getting out the boots and wading into the bullshit yeah. of these scientific studies. Yeah, because um, she has she has the background for it. It's thorough and uh, pithy. Like she yeah. gets yeah. to the point and she makes her statement and then she gets out of it. Like mm-hmm. you you don't have to spend. And at the time, it just for whatever it's worth, if you're someone like me or Dan, like reading can be kind of a barrier uh there is a an audio voiceover yes, yes. of her article at the top of the page that you can listen to rather than read if you prefer listen to this tyler <laughs> <laughs> that seems like like my yeah yeah what's interesting is what you find out is that with people like tyler they're really not interested in the scientific evidence they're just interested in the evidence that supports their opinion Fucking Tyler. Yeah. <laughs> There's going to be one listener named Tyler out there. It's just like, what? what for me? <laughs> but I didn't do anything. All right. So, so Sorry, I don't know. Tyler. We talked a lot about, I don't know, I guess bad things. Did we slime you, listener, by yeah. accident? We're sorry about that. Uh, let, let's talk about that. <laughs> and let's talk about what happens. And maybe this has happened in our show before where you listened and you were bracing for one of our discussions that you thought you were going to get slimed by us saying, you know, mentioning a subject or some other bad article and you, you were bracing for it. And then it turned out to be a good thing, something that was surprisingly yep. affirming yeah. about fatness or your own body. And what would we call that, yeah. dear listener? Because yeah, Trevor introduced this idea to me by saying, like, what's the opposite of getting slimed? Yeah. yeah. I mm-hmm. mean, just to clarify and state it outright, we refer to sliming is when... Uh, you are unexpectedly confronted with something that just makes you feel terrible. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So like usually feel terrible about yourself. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like literally, and it's, it's shocking. It has to be so Mm -hmm. sudden and unexpected comes out of nowhere. Someone at the gym says, Oh wow. I can really tell that you're working hard to lose that fat. Mm -hmm. You know, something, (laughs) maybe not even as, as overt as that, you know, and you just go like, what, what, what? What? A and sudden I, awful depiction on a TV show you love. Yeah. Well, I mean, what, what is that? You would know this, Trevor. What was the show where buckets of slime would fall from the sky? Oh, I mean, Nickelodeon. Every, everything, everything on, on Nickelodeon. Nickelodeon. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so the yeah. point is, in slimed in our context, is that metaphorically speaking. Yeah. Now, what is the opposite of slimed? What, do we have examples of that? And well, more think, importantly, what would we call the opposite yes, of being slimed? I think <laughs> Don should talk about the, the, the kind of little nugget that started this conversation. Yeah, so recently I went to see the Dungeons and Dragons movie. Oh, yeah. Yes. Right? Which I got to say, I really enjoyed. I did too. Right? I, I loved it. I was hoping it would be good. I was walking in there really wanting it to be good. And then I did. And then I, I was so happy. Right? Yeah. It just gave everything I wanted. It was but, just fun 
there was one moment where I was like, oh no, okay. I was, I, I was ready for the slime. Yeah. Uh, they're in a, they're in underground in this big ancient they're temple. They're in the underdark. Um, and then uh, this, they're, they're about to run down a tunnel and suddenly you see these two glowing eyes from the tunnel and you see this dragon head Massive. come out. Yeah. And then the dragon forces his way out of the tunnel and, and then the it rock shatters. breaks away because he's so fat. It's a corpulent just, dragon. It's a fat dragon. And immediately and I saw just, the fat dragon. I'm like, oh no. You're oh just God. waiting for the punchline that it's like, oh, you were afraid it was a dragon, but it's actually a fat dragon and it's not a threat yeah. or something mm-hmm. to that effect. Yeah, it's somehow and sloppy and competent or stupid. It's yeah. not that. It's Yay! not that. Yay! The dragon is fun, it, yeah. but dangerous. Yeah, right? it like, kills, like they're being chased by bad guys already. Yeah. It kills all the bad guys on its way to try and kill them. Mm-hmm. And there's this whole extended chase scene. Now, they lean into the fatness in terms of like com- like physical comedy. Yes. So it's not like totally gone, but, but he not can fly. the way that makes the dragon seem incompetent right. or less dangerous yeah. at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's sort of yeah. like, it's funny in how the chase scene plays out, mm-hmm. but it is still a competent, dangerous dragon. But I would also say like, just as, just as a writer, it's a genius element to enter because they're, they're now allowed to do this very dangerous scene in a children's movie, a movie that has to be acceptable for children and the whole family. Mm. But because the dragon is fat, it's less fearsome and terrible to children, I think, right? Yeah, they don't make it. They don't make the design of the dragon scary. Yeah. They make the danger the dragon presents yep. the scary part. I, yeah. I I watched it with a couple kids, and the kids when they saw the dragon's eyes and the head coming through were going, "Oh no! Oh no! Oh no!" And then when you see the whole dragon, they went, "Oh yay!" <laughs> Just the joy on their faces <laughs> to watch it. Um, it was a wonderful way to incorporate this. Yeah, and they you know? don't. They don't defeat the dragon yep. because it was fat. Nope. Like the way they defeat the dragon is just clever and smart. It has nothing to do with its fatness. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's a feature, not a bug. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so yeah. anyway. And that the fatness as it should be is a design of the character, a feature of the character, mm-hmm. not some sort of plot device or, or punchline. And line. so right. because I was so braced for an awful moment, mm-hmm. right? Maybe I leaned into it a little bit more. Yeah, and yeah. Just, I fell well, into it. I'll tell you, Michael had the same experience. I as was you so happy. Yeah. And so for me, because it's such a positive experience that just wraps you up so quickly, my proposal for the opposite of slimed is candied. Candied. <laughs> I felt candied afterwards. I, I felt c- shiny and sweet mm-hmm. and happy. Um, I, I kind of like. I kind of like that. I yep. like candied. That is that is my. In both cases, you're left sticky though. I'd like to point out. <laughs> well, you know, it's fat. <laughs> fat people love candy. <laughs> yeah, not where I was you know, going, but okay. Sure. <laughs> I've I've talked about another candied experience on the show where I was traveling to Kansas, was stuck in this incredibly small plane seat mm-hmm. next to someone who was not being kind in the situation. And man, you were going to Kansas. Like. Yeah, I'm like, I don't want to be here to begin with. <laughs> I'm sorry, and then Kansas this people. woman, this woman, like three or four seats back, comes down, taps me on the shoulder and says, honey, come down, sit by me. You're going to be fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she put the armrest up. She was the one who was like, like that was a candy experience for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was well candied mm-hmm. by the end of that. <laughs> I think, I mean, I think, I, I, I think I've told this story before on the podcast where, I was flying Southwest. I was at Methan. I had my second seat. And um, there was a woman who sat on the aisle. Um, so, you know, it was, I was on the window seat. 
I had my second seat as a middle seat and she was on the aisle and someone was trying to sit in the middle seat and making a big fuss about it. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, no, like this is my seat. It's like, oh, so you have two seats. And the, the woman on the aisle defended me and yeah. shut the other yeah. person down. That's What'd awesome. they say? What'd she say? She's like, no, that's his second seat. He paid for it. You can find another seat. And like, there's plenty of other middle seats. Excellent. Yep. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. Candy. Candy, everyone. <laughs> Candy. <laughs> I think mine, mm, I have moments like that since it usually comes up very quickly in a conversation that I'm a chubby chaser because either my book comes up, well, how'd you write a book like that? Or, you know, what do you, oh, you're going to this place. Where are you going? Well, mm. it's an event for, <laughs> uh, or what are you going to do there? Oh, I'm going to give this seminar on, you know, <laughs> so it, it, it comes up more than it might if I were just, you know, a guy with a normal job and mm -hmm. happen to like fat guys. So what I'm always it's still even as many times as I've outed myself in a conversation, there's still, you know, that lovely, what I call a speed bump. Yeah. Before yeah. like, and I'm going to say this now, and I'm going to say this now. Yeah. And it's, it is that candied when they're like, oh, cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I remember um, one of the first times I was taught, I was writing the book and I was at a cocktail party and I was saying I was writing this book. Oh, what's the book about? I'm like, okay, here we go. And I was talking to this uh, very, very well-coiffed uh, older lady, very thin, very chic, and she is watching me describe, you know, that I talk about being attracted to fat people and th that whole world and uh, in behavioral models and things like that. And she's like, oh my goodness, I've never even thought of that. And she was just so open about it. And then she, mm -hmm. and then she puts her hand out and grabs her husband's arm out of a neighboring conversation. <laughs> He's like, Harvey, come over here. You have to hear what this man is writing about. It sounds fascinating. And it, <laughs> like, okay, now I have, I love that. Now I have a seminar going. And it was and the way I described it. It was like, it was like telling someone, because usually when you talk about fat, you get some sort of level of either ick or sighing, mm -hmm. or even if you're talking to fat people about fat, you know, they don't necessarily want to hear about that. And this was just like, I was describing that I was writing a book about teaching pandas to play chess. How amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I would watch that. Yeah. <laughs> it was just, there was, she, had, she had like so not a horse in that race mm -hmm. that she could listen to it completely open. That's so cool. <laughs> I mean, I kind of had that when I went to your uh, your classes reading. Yeah, I was talking to that, that I don't know that woman. Do you remember her? The they're all women. The older. <laughs> I mean, I said, um, oh, maybe. Oh, I know who you were talking to. You were long dark hair. Yeah, right? you were talking to. Uh, I don't think I want to say her name. Edna. Her name was Edna. <laughs> her name was Edna, and uh, no, she. Um, she has a very interesting history, and the reason she knows about this is she's very familiar with systems of oppression, having come from South Africa. Oh. oh. Yeah, that'll do it. Man. I feel like now that I talk about fat liberation more, I'm just always surprised. I'm always like waiting for people to be like, oh, well, that's unhealthy. And mm -hmm. I'm always surprised at like when you really break down, you know, systematic oppression and then intersectionality mm -hmm. and just you know, how these things layer on top of each other. People are just so like, wow, like they really get it. And so often I feel like when you are just another, like a human being breaking down these issues. And I think especially what she got was because I was talking about, you know, the impact of like, you know, women of color and anti-fat bias. Then the fact that like I was talking about these things, even though like I'm not 
you know, I'm not a woman, I'm not someone of color. There has been ground prepared in the last three to five years for, and it's part of the benefit of intersectionality, because if you can get, it's not that these same prejudices or, or oppressions are the same, that's not it. But if, you, if the ground has been prepared for, for one thing, like if you understand systematic racism, it isn't so far a leap for you to understand systematic size oppression. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So why is this important, right? I, I want to throw this out. Um, I think words really matter, mm -hmm. right? The term slimed is something that helps people understand how it feels when that sliming moment happens. It's very evocative. It's evocative, it's visceral, and people can immediately translate it to themselves. So for me, slimed is very helpful to explain the experience to people who haven't shared the experience, mm -hmm. okay? But now, candied, if this is the word we're gonna use, I think it's a less important word for other people and a more important word for myself. Definitely. Because mm -hmm. it becomes a reminder of change happens, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, that I am not existing in the same world I existed in 20 years ago where the fat dragon would have been accompanied probably with a trombone, mm -hmm. uh, slide whistle at some point. A fart. You know, a, a fart. fart. Definitely yeah. a fart. Um, or he, or he had to be eating something. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, well, I, if I recall correctly, this dragon did eat something. <laughs> he just, well, he's a dragon. He eats many things. <laughs> well, it was people. I mean, yeah. it's literally yeah, yeah, not doing people, what any dragon would people. do. But, but the point is, if this word exists, right, it means that things, that good things come from this too. Right. And yeah. So that's why it's important for this word to exist. And I, right? for me, I think it's also helpful in, in, a way of kind of balancing your own, the way that you process life. And you, you, like you're gonna take those moments that you were slimed and start adding and adding and adding them up to create the narrative of life slimes me all the time, mm -hmm. which may or may not be true, but you're gonna remember them no matter what. And if you can start building up the candied moments too, yep. in a way that's memorable because it's the word candied and what else do you use that for? Yeah, It's a counterweight on the scales. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's and it, it going to help us find you. balance. Well, and I also think that, you know, uh, using this word, it might be a way to talk about allyship. Yes. Yes. Is mm. if you've candied someone and like allyship, you don't get to oh, be I like, that. like, well, yeah. because the, mm. well, but if you think yeah. about it, see, like I would never give the advice. Oh, so go out and candy someone. <laughs> <laughs> That's not quite <laughs> it because because like sliming, <laughs> you like that, don't you? I'm sorry. I just suddenly looked over and I just saw Trevor with a fork and knife. <laughs> because in Trevor's book, he had a plan to have somebody die by being dropped in, in molten sugar, right? Yeah. And so there was candy, a, candy. in my brain, it was like murder. It was like, go candy someone. Yeah, so don't do that so much. Um, but what I was thinking is it, it like slime, the, the, where that lives is in the listener, in the person you're talking to, mm -hmm. because they're the person who gets to experience slimed or candied. You did no one who has slimed you usually intends to slime you. It's no. just their own ignorance. Mm -hmm. And similarly, you're probably not going to be deliberately able to candy someone because you'll probably end up sliming them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, oh, I'm going to compliment you on your weight loss. Eh, that is not being candied. No, yeah. So you won't, it's not like something you can go out and do, you know, chasers or allies. It's, it's more like, again, as you said, Don, it kind of lives with the listener. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's to remind us yeah. that there are good moments as well yeah. as bad because sometimes 
it can be really easy to live in the bad moments. Oh, yeah. And I think there's a distinction, too, between Slimed and Candied, which is that Slimed is, I think, most, most intensely the unexpected part of it. Yeah. Yes. It's yeah. just out of nowhere. It slams you over the face. Like that Nickelodeon show. Right. Mm-hmm. Whereas Candied, I think, is, is different in that you might something happens to make you think you're about to be slimed yeah. and you're now you're expecting it and it doesn't happen that way. Well, if, if one is to get very literal about the metaphor, slimed is being, having slime dumped over you. Candied is being pulled out and having a crystalline sugar. Yeah. Being pulled out of this, pulled out of this candy sweet syrup. <laughs> and so, now you're delicious. <laughs> so words matter, people. Yeah. Uh, when you've been slimed, you will recognize it. But when you get candied, you have to hold on to that sometimes. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm curious if listeners, now that they know about being candy, <laughs> have any stories of... Yep. Or uh, if you have another candy. word that you would suggest is a better yeah. choice than candy, we'd yeah. love to hear it. We, we, First time I was candy. That was awesome. <laughs> I was talking to Dan at one point but after our call saying, because I, th- I couldn't think of a good verb, but I was thinking of the entire concept of it. Like it's a pinata because you're ready. You're in this place of like, oh, I'm going to have to like defend myself and attack and <laughs> uh, then we got into a really exhausting conversation about pinatas <laughs> you're welcome no, but that because it's happen. full of candy <laughs> yeah so i don't know uh let us know if you've been candied or you if you have be. ideas about alternative terms yeah um candied could also yeah. mean being showered in candy yes like a pinata shut up dan <laughs> mm. <laughs> all right the, that was a whole thing do Let's, we have a tip we, we do have a tip we do we're on and a tip a, roll yeah this is an exciting tip oh um, so, and I, I will point out, um, so, uh, you know, we talked about fat kid yoga club in the past, which is no more. Mm. Um, but on Twitter I saw, um, there is a new fat yoga class, which is, um, it's online and in person. Uh, it's taught by Jeff Menrique. It's, um, called bear chair and bed yoga. So it is. Say that again. Bear, chair, and bed yoga. Yes. So uh, yoga classes that you can either do in a chair or from bed, mm. um, which I think is that so great. great. Yeah. Um, and I like that it is hybrid classes. Um, so the the studio is um, in New York. Um, but by hybrid, you mean it's also available online. online. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it's. I think that's just so exciting. And uh, I saw some cool. Like I saw it because people were retweeting the pictures of uh, all these fat guys doing yoga. Yeah. Um, but it's uh, so they're online and in person, uh, $25, but it's a sliding scale, pay what you can. Um, and the physical location also has um, personal training, haircuts, sound healing. Mm. They do other events. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Um, so you can get more information about them and all the work they're doing at www.manriquewellness.com. That's M A N. R-I-Q-U-E, wellness.com. All right. We've been warned. We've been pre-warned about the bit for today. No, you have Is that for this episode? Or that is for episode? the next episode. <laughs> okay. Then I have no idea what this is going to be. Well, since today's episode dealt with pleasant surprises and getting candied, all of our bits today involve good news that have come out over the past year that we probably haven't heard of. Wow. That hopefully each of them will candy you a little bit. <laughs> well, there's a, you know they're good, so you probably won't get candy, but they're good news. All right. Scientists have figured out how to make a new type of clean fuel by collecting carbon dioxide from the air, combining it with waste plastics, and what third ingredient? 
Candy. (laughs) (laughs) One, sunlight. Two, waste paper. Three, seawater. Or four, thoughts and prayers. (laughs) Yeah. Mm. Wait, wait, so the the first two ingredients are? It is carbon dioxide from the air, free, free, loose carbon dioxide. Yeah. Waste plastics and something else. Carbon dioxide. And this is fuel for like? This is fuel. Like for cars kind of fuel. Okay. I mean, I'm going to say seawater because I feel like there should be some kind of liquid in there. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not a scientist. It makes, got a, t- one for it makes a tasty shake. <laughs> um, I'm going to say sunlight just to, just to be different. Okay. okay. I was thinking sunlight too. Okay. All right. Well, the correct answer is in fact sunlight. Yay! Cambridge University research have demonstrated how carbon dioxide can be captured from industrial processes or even direct in, even directly from the air and transformed to clean, sustainable fuels using just the energy from the sun. Mm. This is a huge <laughs> deal. Uh, they figured out how to do it in the, in the past using uh, carbon that had been collected from the air, but not free-floating air because there's so many other types of things in there. Mm-hmm. So by literally introducing waste plastic into the process, they figured out a way to collect carbon dioxide from the air. Oh, oh I see. To clean the air. Oh, like a hydride. That's, that's It's really impressive. It has huge potential. I wish I'd thought of that. Now with all these things, we're not there yet, but these are potential things that may change the world. So NASA and Boeing have unveiled the plane they hope will save the earth. Uh, working with NASA uh, as part of a, 725, a $725 million agreement Boeing will build, test, and fly a full-scale demonstrator aircraft with extra-long, thin wings stabilized by diagonal struts known as a transonic truss-based wing concept. Um, How will it save the world? One, it can enter orbit. Two, massively reduced fuel use and emissions. Three, 50% faster planes. Or four, can carry 1.5 more weight than equivalent planes. Hmm. There's a pun to be made here about carrying more weight will save the world. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. All of these will have ways they could save the world in different ways. I'm going to say, I mean, some of them are kind of interconnected. Like, yeah, I'm I'm going with the weight. The weight? I think weight. weight? I'm trying to think of like how having a different wing structure would affect a plane. Yeah. I think weight would be, that's where I would go with it. Okay. I'm also going to say weight. Oh, we are a weight-centric podcast, so no. I guess I should be unsurprised. But in fact, the real answer is massively reduced fuel use and emissions. Okay. Basically, what they're oh, saying it's is, lighter. Yeah. Yeah, it's lighter, and by creating these structures within the wings, literally shaping wings and constructing the inside mm-hmm. of them differently, uh, they think that this plane will help us reach zero percent aviation emissions by 2050. Zero percent. Zero percent. That is the goal. In that is currently the goal set up by the Paris Accords. Uh, that's a glider. <laughs> okay. I mean, how, how do you power the flight? How, yeah, how do you get up? How do you get up there? Uh, well, part of it okay. is it involves new fuels. Yeah, um, all right, it all involves right. like, you know, lots wow. of different things. So uh, having lived here, I'm in favor of saving the planet. Yeah. <laughs> all, right. all right. English media is going crazy over the groundsel. I, I don't know the pronunciation of that. That's good enough. It's a small, cheery, daisy-like flower that grows only in York. What makes the York groundsel so special? One, its pollen has been shown to potentially cure shingles. Mm. Two, 
This is the first year it's been this this is the first year it's existed since it went extinct in 1991. It has been uh, three. It has been found to be the oldest existing plant species still alive, or four. It has been hybridized with human DNA and produces human enzymes. What? Um, I'm gonna go that it's 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 back from extinction. Back from extinction. We got one for back from extinction. I will also say back from extinction. Okay, well, we given that our points are all tied right now, I have to say back from extinction. <laughs> <laughs> it's the only way to play the game. <laughs> well, you are all correct. Yay! Yay! So this flower went extinct back in 1991. There just happened to be a couple of potted plants of it in oh New York God. University. New, New they, York. New in, York University. In America. In America. Okay. They saved those seeds off of that and then stored them in the, uh, the Millennium Vault. Which is right? in York. Uh, no, which is somewhere. I don't okay. know where. Okay. But basically, um, the, the seeds in the Millennium Vault have an expiration date, right? So the, the expiration date for these ground souls were coming up, and they were like, they tried planting a few of them. None of them grew. So they thought it was a lost cause. So they took the last hundred seeds that existed from the vault, planted them in York. And a giant beanstalk grew. <laughs> Nine, 98 of the 100 seeds they planted germinated. Which oh wow! It's like a freaking Hanukkah miracle. Like that's wow. just that is far beyond what anyone expected. Wow. And so uh, this is the first year that thousands of these flowers have been replanted in their native home. Wow! Which is York. Yeah, right. which is Yay. York. How lovely. So, dear listener, I hope some of these stories have candied you. Do you have some uh, some candy stories you'd like to share with us? Yeah, Trevor, where can they do that? Well, we're on Instagram and Twitter as at Big Fat Gay Podcast. We're on Facebook as the Big Fat Gay Podcast. Leave us five stars there. Leave us five stars on Apple Podcasts everywhere. Support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash bigfatgaypod. See the articles we talked about at www.bigfatgaypod.com. Yeah. Well, maybe you're, uh, you're, you're at a party. There's a pinata. It's a big old dragon pinata. <laughs> chubby dragon. And it's your turn. And you're swinging and you're hitting. And it's, you're, you're going and just crack. And it's it's us. We're inside, and we're all little, we're little dressed as candy. And but we're gonna eat you because we're it's this this candy bites back, baby. So watch out. Oh.